Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So without further ado, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we went and uh, did some shipping for a local rancher. Uh, if you don't know what that means, at the end of the year, you take your yearlings or your calves or whatever, and you, you sell them. And so that's what we did. We went out, uh, uh, out east of town, and, and uh, we, we, we shipped all the cattle, and after we got done, uh, Robert said, hey, what are y'all doing? And so he needed help doctoring a cancer-eyed cow and, 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 a, and look at a calf. And so me and Abe were like, yeah, we can do that. So we went and had some lunch, and then we went out there, and, and we, we kind of drove back instead of uh, riding a couple of miles from the house and parked. And, and we went over a little rise and through a gate, and, and then we got to the first pond or dirt tank, as, as, as uh, Texans say it. and um, it's a big, big deal. That's funny to those of us that know it. But anyway, we, we got this big dirt tank, and uh, anyway, we, we looked through we looked through all the cattle and 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 didn't really didn't see the two that we were looking for. Um, so we we rode up over another little hill and looked down, and and there's there's the cows, uh, the rest of them. And so we went down there, and. Uh, we started looking through them, and sure enough, we found we found the the calf. Now, when I say calf, this is a big calf, right? And so we needed to rope it and, and do some doctoring on it. And so anyway, I, I got I got my loop shucked out, and I was on no Fiona, and he happened to come right in front of me. So I poured the stupid to her, and we're going after this cow and or this big old calf. And I reached out there and I threw the prettiest little old loop. And if he'd have had horns, I'd have caught him. He run with that rope right on his nose for about 4,000 miles, and I couldn't get that thing to fall over. And finally, my slack kind of, you know, I waved it off, and Abe come in there, and he tried to rope it, and he missed too. So I gathered back up. I wasn't going to miss twice in a row. So we go out there, and now, now we're running it at really mock dumb. And, and right there where that, that pond is, it's got some, you know, little low places where runoff and everything. And, and this thing's heading right for this dirt tank. And so I'm going to try to get this calf before it gets there, but I had to follow it through some, you know, I don't know that it was man from Snowy River. It's kind of like man from Snow Flurry River or something like that, you know. But he jumped off this deal, oh, maybe about this high or, or maybe even a, a little bit less than that. But when you're flying out across the pasture at full stupid, that'll make you pucker, okay? It'll make you pucker. And so we bailed off that, and I thought, it's now or never. So I threw. And if he'd have had horns, I'd have caught him. Well, I waved it off real quick because Abe was coming in on Phalene, and he missed again. And so this big calf jumps out in the middle and decides to be Michael Phelps for about 14 laps. Yeah, in the pond. In the dirt pond. Can we, can we just compromise and call it a dirt pond? Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway... He didn't want to get out. He just made light. He'd go this side. We'd go to this side. He'd go to this side. So me and Abe, we kind of dove off in there and got our horses wet and got my boots wet. And uh, I, I don't like to get wet unless I'm taking a shower or swimming in a swimming pool. So it was kind of rank for me. But anyway, we finally got him out, got him roped, 
Got him, doctor. Now it's time to go get the cow. Well, I'd already missed twice, and that wasn't going to happen again. So we going to hem her up, and, and, and Robert brought her right by me. And I mean, I just one-swinged it like, you know, Clay O'Brien Cooper or whoever them fancy people are. And I, whew. And if she'd have had horns, I'd have caught her. And I pulled it down, and Abe went up there, and he tried to rope her, and I think he missed again. So I had one more shot. So I'm building up, and Robert's, he's just hanging back laughing at us. I think he was behind me, so I couldn't see him, but I could feel him on the back of my neck. And so anyway, we run up there, and I was like, I got it now. And I was really concentrating. I got her right there where I wanted her. Got my old loop built. Kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're target shooting, you let out half that breath, and I, and I let it fly. And if she'd have had horns, I'd have caught her. So Robert had to come in and rope her, and, and, and so I got home that day from working cows all day, shipping that morning, going out and roping, uh, doctoring on stuff, and, and loving on cows that afternoon, and, and, I, and I went right to the roping dummy, because this time last year, I was getting ready to go to the, uh, the finals in the Rocky Mountain Ranch Horse, Ranch Roping and Stock Horse Association, and, and so we were preparing for the finals, and I, I mean... All last year, man, I was roping, 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 roping. And this year, it just kind of didn't work out, and I wasn't able to make any of the, any of the, uh, any of the ropings. And, and I just haven't been practicing, and it was showing up in my roping. I, you know, I, I was a little bit embarrassed. And so I went home that night, man, and I got my rope out, and I really started getting back to the fundamentals, you know. Man, get, get it swinging. And, and I wasn't getting my, my, my tip down, because when you're roping – Cattle without horns, you've got to really get that tip down so that the loop falls instead of just skims over the top of them. And so, I mean, I'm out there every day, every day for, you know, I, I don't know how long. I mean, as much as I could. But, you know, I, I didn't think that I was being worthy to my calling of being a cowboy because when somebody calls and wants your help and you go out there and the only help you get is, is cardio for their cattle, because that's about all I was doing is giving cardio for the cattle and, and not really getting a job done, then, then I wasn't worthy of, of my calling. But whenever I went out there and, and I got on that dummy, I realized that, that there's nothing different between my cowboy life and my spiritual life. And, and I can usually tell that, that when, when, I, when I'm not doing what God called me to do as far as being a cowboy, that starts to slide, but also my spiritual side starts to slide. And I can usually tell that when my spiritual side starts to slide, that, that my cowboying, and, and, and I just start kind of drifting off. I just start kind of drifting off. I had to get back to who I know I want to be, of what I'm called to do. And, and the two greatest things in my life, uh, apart from God Himself, are my family, but my calling is cowboy ministry. Cowboy ministry. It's being a cowboy and being, being in ministry uh, of spreading God's Word. And those two things are integrally... In, I'm not even going to try that one again. And, uh, and anyway, so those things are connected, right? These things are connected. So I went home last night after everybody got done eating. We was pounding posts and time made me stop. And, and uh, he, he's right, I would have pounded the rest of them. But... And I looked up, and I started reading in the good book, and I got to Ephesians chapter 4. 
And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And then he says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And immediately when I read that, the cowboy in me and the ministry in me just came together. And God really spoke to me, and I, I probably sat there, no TV on, no nothing, just me and the good book, and just hung out with God while He talked to me, and this is what He told me. In the very first, Paul says, be completely humble and gentle. That's the way we're called to be. So if you felt yourself like maybe me, of kind of kind of getting off track a little bit. You know, you, you remember whenever you were first saved and when you first started following God, man, you were gung-ho, you was doing this, you was doing that. And, and when you first got your horse, you were riding every day, you got that new saddle, you was riding every day, whatever the case may be. But now you don't do those things anymore. These are four lessons that will get you back on track. It won't fix everything in your life, but it'll get you back on track, back to make you worthy of your calling. So that you can stand up tall and know that what you're doing is worthy of something. Is worth something. Be completely humble and gentle. Humility is the result of gentleness. Because a lot of people, okay, humble, eh, well, what does that really mean? But you know what? Everybody's basically got the same definition of gentle. Okay? We know what gentle means. But humility is the result of being gentle. And what I love about the good book is that I read this passage in about five different Bibles, and every one of them said the exact same thing. Be completely humble and gentle. You notice it didn't say be humble, comma, gentle, comma. No, it says be completely humble and gentle. You can't do one without the other. You can't say that you're humble if you're not gentle. And if you are being gentle, that humility is the result of that. Now, in a cowboy sense, what God told me, I was like, well, what does that mean, God? And I'm sitting there just one-on-one just -on -one with him, and he says, man, you need to have light hands. You need to have light hands. And, and, and Ty's taught me a lot about horsemanship, and, and one of the things about having a horse is if you've got a jerk on it all the time, Man, you can't get nothing done. And I'm pretty good about having light hands until I'm flying out across the pasture at full dumb. And then, you're, you know, you start getting heavy-handed and, you know, jerking on the reins or, or whatnot in a bad way, not hurting anything. But we got to be light. We have to have light hands in everything that we do, especially the times when life is taking you out across the pasture at full stupid. It's only then that you can say, you know what, I, I am light-handed. Because, I mean, when I reach out there and rope something, I'm really bad about, oh, pull. You know, all you got to do is just basically lift your hand on Fiona and she'll stop. But when things go crazy, man, I, I start getting heavy-handed. I get heavy-handed with myself. I get heavy-handed with my family. I get heavy-handed with my ministry. I don't mean it ugly, but it's just one of the things that happens. But we can't be surprised if people get bracy because we're heavy-handed. 
you know, you go look at yourself. Uh, take some, you know, people take pictures of us roping and working cattle and everything. And sometimes you look at the picture and your dang horse has got his mouth open with his head up because you've pulled too hard on the reins. It's trying to get relief somehow because you're too heavy-handed. Don't be surprised if people get bracy on you because you're heavy-handed. We all got to be light with ourselves too, though, man. We can't treat no... You're going to treat others no better than the way you treat yourself. We got to be light-handed with ourselves too. We got to learn to collect and be in control. Not jerking around all the time. The second thing that Paul says is he says, be patient. Be patient. You know, we, we live in a world that's just instant gratification. Hey, you want it, you can have it. The commercials tell us, man, if you want it, you deserve it. Give us your money, you know. We got to be patient. We got to learn to wait on God. And you know what God spoke to me on that? He said, there's this cowboy ethics, and I don't know if a lot of you's ever really worked on a ranch, or I mean like worked on a ranch, not just kind of went out on a ranch. But, but there's a set of kind of cowboy ethics that you, you kind of go through. And, and if you want to get chewed out, or if you want people to kind of like, <laughs> we're not inviting them back, one of the big things is you don't get in front of the boss. You never ride in front of the boss. And you know, that, that's what God wants for us too. He wants us right beside us because, it, because if we're way off over here, we can't hear him. We, we don't know where he's going. We don't know what his plan is. We got to stick right there with him. You know, when, when we were at Roberts, we, we checked that first tank and, and, and the two we were after wasn't there, so we had to ride over the hill. Well, I'd been to that tank before, so I kind of started riding off and all three of us were riding together. And, and I kept going the direction that I thought it was, and, and we're sitting there talking, and I look over, and, and, and Robert's about 20 yards over there. He hadn't said anything. He didn't say, hey, guys, you're going the wrong way. Come over here. And we wasn't going the wrong way. He just knew the better way to go. He didn't say, hey, y'all are going the wrong way. He just went this way. And so we didn't ask, hey, where are you going? We're like, well, surely he knows where he's going. We're going to follow him. And sure enough, I mean, he took us on a beeline. It was his pasture. He knows what's going on. God knows what's going on in your life. And if you're running off in front of him or going way over here, you're not going to know what's going on. And then you're going to wonder, where am I? How did I get so far off track? We got to be completely humble and gentle. We got to be patient. We got to ride right there at the boss. If he wants to. If he wants to trot, then we trot. If he wants to lope, we lope. If we want, you know, if he wants to walk, we walk. When we get to the gate, he'll show us which gate to go through. You don't have to figure everything out. The only thing you have to know is to stick right there with the boss. He knows what's going on. We don't. The third thing that Paul talks about is bearing with another in love. Bearing with another in love. And that sounds kind of churchy, don't it? We got to bear with each other in love. What does that mean? Let me give you, let me give you uh, uh, one illustration of what it means, and I'll tell you what it means in cowboy language. When we bear with one each other in love, that means we give people the benefit of the doubt. It don't mean that we have to agree with everything everybody says or, or like what they say or like what they do. It just says, man, just give somebody the benefit of the doubt. You don't know what's going on. In cowboy language, in the way that God speaks to me, is he said, man, you've got to slip a little rope. You've got to give them some air. 
Sometimes we wonder why people are on the fight so much, man. And I know. I get it, man. You want to choke some people out. I get it. I know, man. I want to choke people out too, but we got to slip a little rope. We got to give them a little bit of air. Got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that you have to agree with them or invite them over for supper or anything like that, but we've just got to start loving each other. And the best way you can do that every stinking day is just to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. You don't know what they're going through. You don't. But God does. You know, oftentimes, I have to remind myself, we need to treat people the way we want God to treat us. We need to treat people the way we want God to treat us. Because most of the time, those are two opposite things. We want to be hard on people. We hold people accountable. and by God, rah, 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 rah. But we want God to be all gracy on us, right? Oh, just love us, forgive us, and everything like that. No, treat people the way you want God to treat you. Maybe, maybe you kind of felt like I did, that, that you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. You just kind of got off track. Maybe you forgot... That, that there is no this person that, that goes to work at the bank over here and this person that goes to church on Sunday. Those are the same people. We need to be the same people Monday through Monday, not Monday through Friday and somebody different on Sunday. And if you want to get back on track, you can do it by developing a light hand. Developing a light hand. Being patient. Don't, don't get in front of the boss. Slip a little rope. Give somebody some air. Give them the benefit of the doubt. I've been practicing on that dummy every day out there roping. Every day roping. And I got to do that every day because it's going to be, I ain't going to be able to do it for about 30, maybe even 60 days because when you come back here next week, I'm going to be in a, I'm having shoulder surgery on, on Thursday. So I, I got to get in all I can. And, and, and Chris Carnahan called me south of town, and he's like, hey, can you come help me, doctor? A cow and a big calf. Yes, yes. Before I have my surgery, I get another shot at it. Yeah, man, I'll be there. When do you want to do it? 9 o'clock Saturday morning. We were there at 8.15. I was chomping at the bit, man. I got out there that morning when, after I fed, threw a couple of practice loops, man, landed just perfect. Me and Brent and Chris, we went out there. We stayed behind the boss. He rode out. We went through a couple of gates. I got the gates. He pointed which gate. You never make the boss get the gate. You get off, you get the gate. Everybody rides through. Shut the gate. We go up there and there's a calf that's got a swollen navel or an infected navel or a hernia. We needed to check which one it was. And so we find the calf. And he's like, all right, boys, get them. <laughs> that's the greatest sound in the world, right? And so here goes me and Fiona. I have my loop built. And I file in behind, well, I was going to, if he went this way, I was going to give him to Brent, and if he came my way, I was going to take him. And sure enough, I guess Budhead was bigger than, than Fiona, so he come my direction. So I filed in right behind him, took a deep breath. I love practicing. Through, biggest smile on my face ever. And if it had, had horns, I'd have caught it. <laughs> Pulled my slack, started coiling. 
Brent runs up there in butthead. First try. Dally's up. So I build another loop because it's kind of in some yucca and some big grass and everything. It's kind of hard to heal with a real soft rope. So I go up there, and I'm like, oh, I got this. It's that head that I have a problem with. Threw it right on the ground. Ah! Got it back up. Went back up there. Healed it and caught it. We laid it down. Now it's time to go get a foot rock cow. Now, if you don't think of it, she's laying over there with her foot stuck out like this because it hurts so bad. But the cure for foot rot is to see a horse and a cowboy. And suddenly that foot don't hurt no more. I didn't think a geriatric cow could run mock dumb, but she did. And so anyway, she come my way again, and I was like, here's my retribution. This cow weighed more than my horse did, but I was going to rope her anyway. So I got up there. Here we go. And then we got to the yucca about the size of this stage, and Fiona decides that she's a jumping horse. And so we jump it, and I'm, I'm not that great of a rider. I had to grab the saddle horn and stay on, and then we make three strides and jumped it again. But I was unfazed. We filed right back in behind her. Finally. Felt good. Through it. And if she'd have had horns, I'd have caught her. Brent comes up there. Second loop. Caught her. So I build another big loop. And I go up there, and I throw the nicest hip shot. If you don't know what a hip shot is, get with me. It's really cool. And it wraps her up. I got her healed. And then she takes off running, and a coil slips down over my arm. So I ah! <laughs> threw all my rope up in the air. I didn't lose my rope, but anyway. Luke fell down off the cow. I didn't get her healed. Chris had to heal her. One of them days, right? One of them days. But see, the fourth thing that Paul talks about is this. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Because see, I had kind of lost sight that day because it wasn't about my roping. It was about hanging out with two other excellent cowboys and we were a team. Every time I fell short, one of those other guys picked up the slack. It's about relationships. It's not about individual results. What did God tell me about that? We don't cut someone off. Okay? It's about teamwork. It's about relationships. We don't ever cut anybody off. We give everybody an equal shot, and it's the result that matters, not the individual's ability. There is no I in cowboy. But most of the time in everything that we do, we try to make it about us and what we're doing and how we feel. It's about unity. It's about unity. Make every effort to keep the unity of spirit. Have you found yourself slipping? Have you found yourself wandering away? Have you found yourself just not where you were supposed to be? You hadn't done nothing wrong. You've just been riding here and then you kind of look up one day and nothing's like it used to be. If you want to get back where you need to be, start having some light hands. Don't ride in front of the boss. Slip them some rope. There are people on the fight all the time for reasons that you have no idea of why. Slip them some rope. 
And the last thing, don't cut anybody off. It's not about you. It's about what we do together. And there's always something that we can learn. There's always going to, one day, man, you're going to be the guy that's on fire. And the next day, somebody's going to pick up the slack. And it's about the results. It's about serving. It's about going out and doing something good. It's about taking care of the cattle. And I ain't talking about cattle. It's about loving each other. Have you felt yourself kind of drifted off to the side? It's time for all of us to get back on track and be worthy of the calling that we have received. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we've all kind of gone backwards from time to time. and God, we ask that you help us to get back on track and to live lives worthy of your call. You've called us to saddle up and ride for your outfit. and Instead, we've been doing things like watching TV and focusing on ourselves and our individual abilities while our saddles gather dust in the corner. God, this word will give us a thousand things that look more appealing than writing for you, but this call that you have given us is the only thing that will fulfill our lives and give it meaning. God, thank you so much for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right. Uh, couple of things I've been promising y'all and, and, and y'all online also. We do have the brochures for the Israel trip that we're going to take in February. Uh, go over there and pick up one. If you're online watching, you can go to savethecowboy.com up in the right-hand corner, not Facebook, on our website, savethecowboy.com. There's a deal that says Israel trip where you can sign up. With that being said, thank y'all so much for being here today, and uh, we love y'all and hope y'all see us next week.